Right when you started to talk, did you know it was it's a Real Housewives of, of like Dallas? Now, I watched it today for a minute because my mom at my mom's and Bravo. I don't have Bravo. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my god, they were really mean. They were in, they were yeah. very mean. Um, I can't like I love that shit, you know, but like I also just I ugh, I can't. It's like eating that. It. It's like eating McDonald's for me. I know. Like, I, I kind of like the way it tastes, and then I feel really not Bad great. Afterwards. Well, I think the problem is with it. This is what the problem is, is that I'll start to take sides. And that's not how – it, yeah. like, takes me into this place where I'm just, like, she's being a bitch instead of remembering that they're all – like, people don't act like that unless they're in pain. Like, I can't even do the New York. The New York one I can't do anymore. I can do Beverly Hills, I think. The Beverly Hills isn't so bad. I mean, it's pretty bad, but it's not, like, bad, bad. New York is bad. Oh, the OC is just like yes, they're like, oh my god. But um, anyway, um, uh, I just like I go between like I don't read us unless I'm getting a manicure. Like I read one, you know, I probably read like ten us magazines a year at the most. Like now, I don't really like I don't watch TMZ or any of that shit. But there is something about the Real Housewives um that I'll keep going back to, and then I'll just be like, you know, like oh, it's making. So me- I have a question: Can you watch it? Without having to suffer through the commercials and the like intro and all that, or is it just pure TV? I'm watching it on the Bravo channel and there are commercials. Why? Okay. I just don't think I could. I don't, I, I, you could watch it on iTunes and, and then we have to pay for it. Yeah. But I would never, I would never like it's, that's like 15th on the list if I'm going to actually pay for something to watch. Um, I'm just curious. I don't have – I officially can't watch TV now, um, even if I wanted to, because Alma dunked uh, our controller in water, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I could get a replacement, but it's like that's so far down the list of things I, I want to well, get done. Well, I haven't had a TV. I, like, I used to be one of those people that was like really smug about not having a TV. I don't talk about this because I still watch TV on my laptop, but I haven't had a TV in a couple years. Um, yeah. I haven't had cable in like five years, um, but I haven't had a TV in, um, in like almost two years now. And um, – and it's like it's funny, like I and I don't miss it. Like I, I'll watch something on my yeah. laptop if I really want to. Um, but my um, when I'm at my mom's and I'm like, she's got the oh, hugest yeah. TV in the world, and yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm just gonna lay on this couch in my underwear with a remote, and I'm gonna actually watch like surf. <laughs> I'm gonna surf and like you know, it's just. It is, I know. It's really nice. And I don't I'm not I don't not have a TV because I'm like against TV. I'm clearly not against TV. Um, but just because um I didn't I don't know. Just kind of like how I was I was at the Starbucks just now and I was I um I asked my mom if her phone had just dung, dinged, whatever, dung. I've been <laughs> told my mom listens shat? to my podcast and she's like <laughs> giving me shit about using ran versus run and drank versus drunk. 
So I'm going to be really good about that. Did your anyway. podcast, <laughs> did your phone just shat? Did it, it shat? Like. <laughs> did it dung? Um, and, um, and she goes, no. And I said, huh. And then we both looked around and there was about, we were within a circle of about 10 people and they were all looking at their phones. And we were like, <gasps> you know, like there's a mom sitting with her kid and her kid's like running around and she's on her phone and there's like a dude on his phone and a girl on her phone and a man on her phone and a bunch of men sitting oh, at one table together on their phone and it's just like. We're just zoning out now, like not in our living rooms anymore. We're just zoning out in our Everywhere. own private little screens. Right. And that's yeah. why I got rid of the TVs, just because I would be like, well, I'll just sit and watch it all day long. Um, but like, that's yeah. kind of what I like. That's like what I do and what we do anyway. I'm just totally. my mom said we're giving ourselves over to the machines. She's like, I'm she's like we were talking about her Roomba and about how like it was going to end up in bed with her. And I don't know, something. Anyway. Yeah, I, I now this is interesting, and I, I kind of like talking about it. Not that we need to go on f- forever about it, but just the, because I don't, I don't, I guess I am sort of smug about TV, and it's not, it's not maybe smugness. I just do truly don't get any enjoyment out of it anymore. But you I do for, watch it. I watch shows sometimes on my laptop, but it is uh, like I have to be really, really into it. To, Mad to want to. Yes, Mad Men. Oh, I binged the shit out of Mad Men. I mean, I loved it. But this this is this is the thing. For me, it's more of a frustration. Like I have lost some ability in my brain. And it's totally, I think, related to drinking and doing drugs. I lost the ability to zone and just like sit there. Huh. And I it happened. Not. Is in my last couple of years of drinking, I just couldn't anymore. I couldn't read. I couldn't, hmm. um, unless the book was like really good or really captivated me, I couldn't read and I couldn't watch shows anymore. I have a hard time watching movies. I can't just sit there and zone. It gives it like, uh, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. And it kind of pisses me off. Like I really miss being able to do that. I was really good at it. Well, I think there's two things. There's like I don't think reading a book for me or, or like writing a, a piece of paper, like writing a, a piece. I think there's mm-hmm. flow and like being yeah. in the zone. And then I think there's zoning out. TV for me, like I was a pothead. I mean, I could zone out for, you know, days. But can you um, do you like get that zone feeling when you watch TV now? Like I can't I can only catch I it once. I remember like my I'm very different than you. Right. I liked numbing treats like I've written about this I before. Know. I liked numbing I treats. Know. And so I would love I would sit down and I would binge on a bag of food and then puke it up. And that felt good to me because that was very numbing. Eating large yeah. quantities of numbing food was like a was a like it was a, like so I could check out of my body. That's how I disassociated, and I disassociated by smoking pot and just like my mind is over. I have a ton of energy, and I'm overreact. Like I'm I am constantly on, and so for me, I tend towards when my escapes are to turn off. And so what I right. found is like now I I can still. Like, but I, I have to harness between the two. I have to, like, I have to be in the zone. Like, I have to figure out ways to get myself in the zone and be still. And that's why meditation and, like, binaural beats is so important. Like, that's one of the ones that works really well for that. But yeah. I also have to give myself the ability to zone the fuck out. That's why 
I don't think I'll ever take away my like ability to like watch, you know, to binge Netflix or yeah. I have to give myself that like I need to just turn it off because my mind doesn't stop. Um, and my, like yeah. my, my incessant need to do doesn't stop unless I, like I'm an extremist. That's it. I go between, you know, having to do absolutely nothing, hypo and hyper arousal. So, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. And that's, there's definitely something to that. Like I hate, I never did the zone things. I was never like, I didn't like smoking pot. I didn't get pain pills. I didn't really want anything that took me down. I was like, turn the volume up and keep turning it up. (laughs) And I was the opposite. Like I could have never done. That's why cocaine was never a problem for me. I was like, fuck that. But it had (laughs) the same effect. Like it still had this like narrowing effect where yeah, you were like going up, but it's but it still turned the noise down. Yeah. I don't know. It still did. Like it still kind of did the same thing. Um I was I was talking to friends on the beach. We were all we're all sober this past weekend. And one of them was like, "Did you were you ever a smoker?" And I was like, "No. I I smoked when I drank a lot." And when I did cocaine, I smoked a lot. Mm-hmm. And but I but he's like, but what do you mean? Like you then you just wouldn't smoke? And I'm like, no, I never, I never like wanted to do it. I never got addicted to it. I don't know how. I just I just didn't. And I think maybe because I ran a lot. I I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. Like I I got addicted to everything else, but not that. Um, <laughs> I was like really thinking about it. You know, <laughs> like God. When I would do cocaine, okay, which shoots your heart rate up and like just speedy, 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 and then you're already doing alcohol and and then I would just chimney smoke. It's like, how is that enjoyable? <laughs> like, let me see how fucking fast I can get my heart to beat yeah. without exploding, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah, I do. Oh, so wild. It's so fucking but wild. But I mean, to cocaine, think I did cocaine too, and I didn't, I love, I did like it. I didn't crave it. I didn't crave that state, but I enjoyed that state. Um, yeah. But I think it's interesting. It is really interesting because when I, like, I knew from your profile somehow, without you ever having to explain to me, that you ran into pot. Like, I knew that about you before you even told me. <laughs> what to is me. that? And How I knew people- that you, like, and it's the same reason, like, I go, I mean, I go, I have to go to yoga and do the meditation. Like, I'm not right, and you have to run. And those are yeah. very different. Like, I hate running. Yeah. I like, yeah. I will like, I like the idea of running, and I will, like, run again when I'm in San Francisco because I do like running on the Embarcadero. But I hate, like, I am, like, what you do with running, but I, like, I will do, like, today I'm going to do two yoga classes. And that's like, ain't no thing. And I like, and I have to do that. Mm-hmm. And you were like, mm-hmm. um, like, I just, I never, I would have, I never, we've never talked about you smoking cigarettes, but I knew you had never smoked cigarettes. Like you actually like, or that it was never a thing for you without you ever telling me that. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I'm, I, you can tell people too, like, yeah, yeah. You smoke pot or you don't. I mean, my friend Nathan would always be like, you are a pothead. You're just trying not to be. I'm like, no, no. I'm not. You're Nathan the only person that's ever that's ever said. Yeah, I right. Met Nathan. You, easy, you easy, read. <laughs> easy read. Fucking yeah, you're really a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, it's like you could identify people that were like you. You like oh you do you do coke. I know yeah. you do. I don't even. Uh, yeah, like we're gonna be talking later. You know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so there's some connection <laughs> people can email us and tell us between 
being able to watch TV. I think it's, honestly, I think it's what you need. Like it's it's how we balance our like it's the same. Like we reach outside of ourselves and we find the unique fit, and it's the thing that works. Yeah. And so it was plugging up something that you're missing, and most likely it's like yeah. I think serotonin is what um, cocaine, dopamine for sure. But I think I think cocaine gives like immediate spurts of serotonin. I think. Um, you know, and, and oh, I didn't I'm need, sure it does. yeah, I didn't need to be happier. I wasn't going for that. I was just like, I felt, I mean, I, I would literally, I would, I, the only way to peel myself away from my computer at night, um, was to, was to take myself out of the game. I would work until I couldn't, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, pot just took that and meet that sense of feeling like, I was going – I had so much energy and stuff I was going to explode. I mean it's the same thing that goes back to like how you handle a- anger versus how I handle anger. Mine is like yeah. up front and it's big. It's it's so it's so interesting. and It's also uh, – like think about how much coffee. Like I drink so oh, much coffee. I thought about that today because um, I went and got – like I get a, a venti half-calf and that is it for the day. Like I can't. And because it doesn't taste good. Like I wish I could – have as much coffee as you did and I would love if I loved it as much as I love my my one in the morning every time um oh, I just don't I- diminishing returns your utils totally. of satisfaction go down yeah <laughs> what did you call them utils utils of satisfaction <laughs> it's from economics like, like you no get- I know is that what it's called utils I, yeah the- utils of satisfaction um yeah, um, I do get the same amount. Like mine, it borders on addiction, right? Like where I'm like not getting the hit, um, and I just need the thing. But also, um, like I'm drinking a four shot americano right now, um, and it's it's three thirty. It's later than I normally would be, but my mom just got cleared for having to have a hip replacement, so we went and celebrated at Starbucks. Like, yeah. Um, but no, I um. Yeah, it doesn't. It's weird. It's weird. You and I are like literally yin and yang in so many areas. Yeah, especially, yeah, definitely that. It's, um, it's. I think it's like I personally think it's not even just. It's just. I think it's fascinating. I think there's some like really interesting stuff in there because I I would listen to people talk about like you know in meetings or just different ways like that they got high and ways that, you know, just never appealed to me. Like I never wanted to take a bunch of pills. I never wanted to come down. I know it was just, I, I don't know. It's, it's like so unique to your, to your own brain. And, um, and it's plays into, yeah, how, how we are now, you know, like you said, like I love doing yoga and I am way, a way better person when I do yoga, meaning I am, I come down you know, I come down, I am like, but I don't need it like I do running. Well, you're kind of more, I'm more rajasic and you're more like tamas, tamasic, I think. And I think you probably reach for the things that make you more rajasic and I probably reach for the things that make me more tamasic. So the people don't know what those mean. What do they mean? A rajasic just means it's like hot, spicy fat. It's like they're, they're yogic terms. Rajasic is like, um, like basically too fiery, too much energy. Yeah. It's also chaos, and yeah. and um, and then tamasic is inert, like very like um, um, very uh, gr- like heavy, dense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then sattvic. Oh, Siri just wondered what I was saying. Um, she heard me say Siri <laughs> in there somewhere. 
She's and like, then, bitch, I don't do yoga. And then <laughs> Satvik is uh, is just like very – it's um, – Satvik is like a – oh, what's the word? What's a good way to explain Satvik? Satvik is kind of not um, plugged into either of those. It's balanced and it's um, pleasant. It's not what we are. <laughs> it's not what we are. <laughs> it's some, something else. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have a question, a random question, because I just got a, t- a text. I know your answer, but how do you feel about abbreviations in text? Like when someone says you're, you are. You are. Um, you, you know, I think you. when they're used ironically, I think that's great. When th- when they're used, like my ex-boyfriend used to like THX, like he used to do it because oh. in his oh, mind he, he, didn't was do sh- he was short on time. And so everything was abbreviated. Everything was abbreviated. And it was like um, – and it was really – it really cheapened um, any exchange. And I think that some people have such self-important – like I do. Like I have – I mean you're asking me this and what you're asking is a very personal, hurtful thing. Like I've written about how like when I took a Plan B pill, he was like coo, C-O-O-T-H-X. And oh. – um, Right. And he did it because that was his shtick. I'm so busy and important. I only like I'm so and I'm so efficient. And um, so I fucking hate it. I'm like, if we're having a conversation, goddammit, like not just to him, like like spell your fucking words out. Like if we're we're engaging, like spell it. If you're being cute, like I'll totally abbreviate to be cute. Like then I think that's, you know, because you've already established that that's not the way that you talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a big deal to me. Um. This guy that I had gone that I'd gone out with a few weeks ago that we, you and I, you and I, yeah, V-neck. I haven't heard from him since our second date, and he just texted, "How's your Monday going? No. You are. <laughs> How's your mun? Not no, not he Monday. M O N. No. Did you just write and back? Just, Here's all you have to write back: the letter F and the letter U. And then, <laughs> no, I don't hate him. I'm just like, I just saw the text come up on my computer and I was like, no, I don't think, I, know. I don't it's think. It's just so diminishing. It's like, basically, he, like, I mean, we're talking, he's, he shaved five seconds of his, he just saved five seconds of his life, you know, to send you <laughs> a phonetic. <laughs> 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 a phonetic a breathe. okay so moving on we are do you want to get to our episode or do you want to talk about anything else can't we just talk about this um yeah let us get to the episode so we did an episode last week on money why did we decide to talk about money oh yeah right because we wanted to something light <laughs> right because that was it's super light um it turned out to be but a that very was a right episode for real <laughs> i know um yeah and then we did it and it just turned out to be so much longer and so we cut it in two and last week we talked about um like kind of what our money story was growing up and then what our money situation was like when we got sober and mm-hmm. this week we're talking about um I'm, I'm handing it, it, it makes off to this you. Noise. It goes. <laughs> we started to turn it around. <laughs> oh, I thought that was like, <laughs> like the when somebody dies in a video game from the '80s. That's my dramatic U-turn. <laughs> okay, I thought that was like the kill sound. 
the, at the end of the game. <laughs> no, we didn't die. We didn't, we didn't die. <laughs> However that might sound. We're still here. Okay. All right. So, okay. So it's the U-turn, right? This is the U-turn. Yeah. Started to turn. <laughs> so turn don't make around. a living off of um, voice work. Um, or what is it? Sound effect work with your voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if all this goes bad, I just might be that, guys. Um, yeah. So this is the good stuff. This is the like, and how it's not just the good, like how it got better. It's also um, what do we do to make it better? Like, what do we yeah. like? Who are teachers? Who? What's the material that we use in order to change our situations? Yeah, and that, yeah, I thought this was surprisingly fun and actually <laughs> light to talk about. And I guess it's all relative because some so much of the stuff we talk about is so emotionally heavy. Like, I guess it wouldn't be, uh, it would be much heavier if I felt like I was still completely in the dark and drowning. But if I feel like we I've, were still in it, it would not be light. It would be right. the hardest conversation. Do you remember with Meadow that, like, yeah, it was sick. Was so made me so like money makes you feel so sick. It can be such a paralyzing thing. Yeah. Um. So, but, but was, I say that because it's like possible to not feel that way, and this this is one of those topics that I thought I would never feel that way about. Yeah. And it's not like sunshine and rainbows, but it's definitely I'm um, stepping out into the light. Yeah, it is stepping out into the light. So. Anyway, money part do. Part do. Eek. Do. Do. Here we go. Faces dressed up to the glow. So. So we talked about what our stories were and then Growing up. what our yeah, what our stories were about money or what our that more our situation was with money before we got sober. And then we want to talk about like what's happened since then. Yeah. What started to happen once you got sober cuz I think that's really important like yes. How it started to shift when you got sober. Yes, I think so too. Um, I mean, I don't like think that there was like this like immediate like the, the, I mean, the main thing is that when you get sober, right, you like things start to like it's not so manic. It's not so out of control. You aren't just right. you aren't just um, like, you know, it's there's not holes in a bucket that you're trying to plug. That's how I really feel. Like it's like yeah. You're like, oh, you start to find like some center and some sanity. And so I think like the first thing that changed for me wasn't like regarding money, wasn't consciously tied to money, but it was more like I started to like, it was just like I wrote this piece early on, like maybe a month, like a month sober, you know, after like six months of trying, right? Like, like my, it was May 2000 and maybe it was. I don't even know. Maybe it was even a year. I have no idea. But it doesn't matter. It was just like an early sobriety. I had this moment where I just like was – I was. I think it was – maybe it was like nine months sober. It was my birthday. I was sitting on my couch with my cat. It's like <laughs> sunset. My apartment is clean. 
And <laughs> I don't have any food in my fridge, but I have half and half in my fridge and I have coffee beans. And uh-huh. it's like this and it's it's like my birthday and I'm by myself. You know, I think that's it. I can't remember exactly, but I, I want to say it's it. I wrote about it. And, you know, it's just this moment of like calm and, and mm-hmm. contentment, like contentment that I yeah. have never had in my life. And so that's the first step for me is that. I started to reach some type of contentment and org and and this contentment just naturally translated into organization. <laughs> like yeah. I like the chaos, I stopped like the thing is I stopped making so much chaos. I stopped creating so much drama. I stopped, you know, like being so angry. I stopped um, you know, I started sleeping. I started meditating. I started going to yoga. I, you know, like it was just like, and after a while of doing all this stuff, it was just so like there was just this freshness to waking up in the morning, not hungover, going to breakfast and passing, you know, not getting shit faced at brunch on my birthday, <laughs> passing on it. Right. You know, and like, well, like you just, can be conscious. Like you, you actually have a little space to, to think about things yeah. and like see things, right? You're not, not, you're not like you're, you're it not ca- creating chaos is such a good way to put it because yeah. it's not that you are, are actively doing anything you're just not destroying things or making so much you're not destroying cr- you things <laughs> you're not right. you're not basically just creating like the biggest mess for you More to mess. have to sift through right and so that's it like the first step for me was like just this like this this like calm this peacefulness this being okay with the mundane and the like like finding like it was so exciting to me like the boring like how how boring it was was exciting to me it was so exciting (laughs) it's such a relief bored and like not even bored but just like to have this like sweet simple existence it was just like Mm -hmm. yeah it was exciting and so I think like that's the first step the first step is that and then you know obviously like I quit my job and that was a little chaotic I didn't plan to quit my job I didn't have savings I was still in debt when I quit my job and and not only that, like I quit my job and I was like, oh, I'm going to start my own company, you know? Like, I mean, I, I, by the time I stopped getting a paycheck, I knew I was going to start a company. And so here's like, here's where some of the blessings start to like come into place. I did like, I had stock in that company at equity and that will be worth so much money someday. And that was worth a little bit more than when I had paid for it. And I cashed, you know, like I immediately, I, I bought all my options. So I, I bought it all yeah. and then I sold it all. And so I got a cushion, you know, I got like, I got a decent amount of cushion. I also just like made this plan very quickly after quitting my job. So I started to, I like, you know, my friend Sally, my friend Jeff, I, I asked them both if I could stay with them if I Airbnb'd my apartment, you know? And so I Airbnb'd my apartment and I like, I just, and I made a ton of money from that because San Francisco is like really, really expensive at that moment. It was like, I made, you know, more money. Than I was paying on my rent and my building. But even managers. stuff like that, don't you feel like even stuff like that, like you were able to do that? That like- I was able to do that. Yeah, I had the I was I was strategizing and executing and planning, and that's something like normally before it would be reactive, and this is proactive, and so that's a very big difference there. Um, but for me, it was also just a, like I, the first shift, you know, was the, was the, was the not creating more chaos. The second shift was also starting to. 
to um, not do not. It wasn't like magical thinking. It was more like um, belief in myself thinking. So it shifted from thinking this will all work out if I just keep on, you know, I'll get ahead of this at some point. I'll marry a guy or, I'll, you know, whatever. It was more like um, I'm going to do this thing. Like I need to do this thing. I have to do this thing and I'm going to be supported. And I'm going to ask for what I need to do, um, you know, what I need to do it. So like the so the second shift is that I make a huge leap and I leave a very high paying job at that time. And mm-hmm. um, I also and like, oh, and by the way, cash out all of my equity that I own in the company, you know, save for like I have a thousand shares left. Ugh. And then I I round up my friends. I ask them for help. I give up my apartment and I, I take, you know, I make an income from that and I just kind of, I go out, I jump into the void, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'll make yeah. money off of this. I will. I'll figure out a way to make money off of this. I mean, I, in like, to put it into perspective, the first income I made off of hip sobriety, I left my job March 2nd. The first income I made off of hip sobriety was $79 for a one-hour coaching session in the month of September. That was my first. That was all I made in September 2014. Oh, my God. I had no income. And then on top of that, I like – I my the company I left, I'd given them a $15,000 check – to to pay for my options and they out of and I'm qu- doing air quotes as a favor to me held on to it and cashed it um in August and so I had been counting my 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 account balance had fifteen thousand dollars more in it than um in my mind than it actually did and so I bounced that check and um and so and I was just living off a burn rate I mean I literally was calculating these are the expenses I need to make each month you know bare like bare minimum and I was just so you can just that. stay yeah yeah like you knew what your little like what you had to have to stay alive that's right and so and I'd never really operated like that before you know I'd never I mean I'd always I'd always like played the catch-up game so so that's like those are kind of some of the big shifts is that I start to take a leap in the opposite direction right and use that yeah. thing I had used that like this is where we talk about like how like that that stupid belief of ours that, that we would always make more actually starts yeah. to pay off. Like I have this yeah. stupid belief that I've had since I was little, this like irresponsibility around money that there will always be more. But now I'm starting to harness it. Like I watched this video on how I have assets. It's like how much it like literally like if you're starting a business, count your assets. How many assets do you have? And I started adding up all the room I had on my credit cards, the saving, you know, like the small mm-hmm. bit of saving. Like I started to add it up and I looked at it. And I, it didn't mean I used it all, but I actually had this figure and I was like, oh my God, I have $30,000 of room here. Like, like I actually yeah. have $30,000 of room here and I'm going to use that to leverage it to, to start what I know can, can make money. So like yeah. I started to shift that and look at like how I was supported instead of how I was limited. That's the, like kind of the first part of the story. And then the second part is that I actually, in um the summer of 2014 i was working with my coach zoe wild and i i tell like i just tell her i'm terrified of of money you know like i mm-hmm. actually speak the words and say i um i am terrified i'm never going to make money and so we actually sit down and I do an exercise for I do an exercise about like what my money story is. I spend, you know, four hours one day just sitting at my friend Sally's who I was, you know, who I was couch whose house I was couch surfing. 
And um, I sit down and I, I go through this process and decide like and rearrange my ideas about money. I start to <laughs> imagine that I um, – I start to imagine that money is just energy and that like I realize how how um how uh bipolar my relationship I love you I hate you I um yeah. I like start to realize like money's the root of all evil I won't look at you I hate giving you away I you you are you know like I um I I I don't like dealing with you you make me nervous how like how I have I give all you, the, but I but need yeah. you so much and I want so much of you and like I never want you to leave me with you know like I started to actually put out into like actually pull out what my conversation was with money and I was like and then after that like this is like the the next biggest shift is that I pulled all my money and my wallet at the, I had at the time was a hobo wallet that I had dropped into I, I think I dropped into an ocean or water or whatever and I it had grown mold and the mold would not stop growing and so it's keeping my money in and like a 10 year old hobo wallet that was growing mold and so yeah. I was like, oh my, like I realized I had, I was just and shoving bills and like not looking at my accounts and not taking care of it. I was like, if this was a human being, that human being would like have me in court, you know, or if it was anything else, this is, it, I was abusing money. Um, and so I had this ceremony that day. Like I literally took all the cash I had, I laid it in a circle and I like, I had a conversation and I was like, so money I'm so sorry for everything I've done to you and how I've mistreated you and abused you and like I made a pledge to money and from there on out like I just started to all of my bills now are always in my purse perfectly arranged and aligned um yep. you know I started to like pet my money and kiss it and tell it like I loved it and thanked it for serving me and allowing me to serve and like I got a new wallet did you feel stupid when you were doing that or no, were you like connected no, to it? Yeah. No. I mean, I'm like I also my mom has a Roomba and I talk to the Roomba. Like I I yeah. like you know, this isn't a far stretch for me. You have no problem anthropomorphizing. <laughs> no. Um but I also started to like just like I mean that was it. Like I just started working with the energy of money. And this didn't fix it. I still was terrified of not having money. But I did, I did change how I treated money and how I, and I was like, and I started making, you know, affirmations about money. Um, and I like in, um, in 2000 and, um, when I moved out of San Francisco and shit was tight. I mean, I was about to, I was about to run out again. And, I, and there were so many times on this path. Like there were so many times from when I quit my job to what I'm, to where I am now that I ran out of money. I bounced a rent check. Um, I was unable to pay bills, so I never paid a bill late. I was unable to pay bills. Um, I did bounce my rent check. Um, I had to move in with my mom multiple times. Um, you know, I mean, there was, there was many times where I didn't know money was coming from. I asked for donations at one point from readers mm -hmm. just to get me through to the next when my, that investment fell through. Before, mm -hmm. like, I really started monetizing and figuring out how to make money doing what I was doing. Um, you know, there was just so many close calls in this, but there's this one moment and I will never forget it. I was moving out of San Francisco. I had had my car in a parking garage across the street from my apartment. I'm like, this is when I rented my apartment in LA and I'm just like, I am like, I, I am almost out of money and I go and I'm, I, um, I, I'm moving my car 
And I accidentally ran up like a $300 parking. Like uh, I left it in an expensive garage for like a week. And it was like 300 and something dollars. And I hadn't anticipated that. And it just felt so, um, it felt so um, careless. But I was just like, oh, like, didn't you have to do this, Holly? Didn't you have to keep your car in a garage? Like, is it your fault that San Francisco is that expensive? And I had this moment where I'm driving and I just started, instead of freaking out about it, which I would usually do, and feeling awful about it and internalizing it and feeling so resentful, I had this moment and I was like, I'm happy to pay that bill. It helped keep my car in this garage and it helped keep me like it helped. It's helping me like I could easily access my car. Um, My car is important to have because it's allowing me to travel around and move out of the city and like, you know, and like blah, blah, blah. And I instead started to in the garage as I'm driving out just saying I love money and money comes to me easily. I love money and money comes to me easily. And that was the shift like where I had been kind of practicing these money things, but I hadn't necessarily been practicing them in the moment when the bad thing happens. And so now it is if I get a tax bill, if I get, you know, anything, anything that I get that's fuck um, I now my default now from practicing is realizing I it's just flowing through me and I'm going to get bills and I'm happy to pay them and that like I'm not going to hold it up. I'm not going to be resentful. I'm going to like go with the flow and I'm going to be like high vibe about this. Um, And mm-hmm. so so that like Does, I mean, there's there's so yeah, go ahead. No, isn't it? But it's like this like you said this the other day because we were talking about it. It's like this thing that you don't realize that you've actually changed until you've been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like it's so gradual and sort of non-tangible, right? Until until you you start to see like that it's different. Yeah, and it is, and it's also like the until you start to see exactly right. We weren't talking about money; we're talking about something else. But it is like everything else, and and then like the other part of this is that I stopped like. I had such an aversion to looking at my accounts and to, right. And I also didn't balance my checkbook. And I also didn't like, I didn't like, I never, I never calculated how much interest I was paying each month. And I never, Mm -hmm. and also when I started hip sobriety, I didn't keep my books. I didn't pay taxes for 2015. I paid my taxes so late for 2000. I filed so late for 2015. I filed actually this year for two. I didn't pay my taxes for a year. And, um, and like, and so for me, it was just, I also had to start really confronting like, like realizing like the same thing, snake becomes a rope. Like we were talking about in the last one, exposure therapy, right? Like for me, yep. it was just confronting like the stuff that I was, that I had given so much power to. So I now don't have any envelopes that I don't throw an envelope into a pile that I'm going to look at two months later and know it's there the whole time from the IRS. Now I open it immediately and I deal with it immediately. You know, I went through the very, very hard work. I had to do two years of bookkeeping and also like calculate how much taxes I owed and like hire an accountant and pay $4,000 to have the accountant help me sort this out, you know, and I did that and it was hard it was brutal and terrifying, but I also was just like, it was also like, now I'm free. 
You know, like I, I yes. faced it and I'm free. I do not like I am not owned by a stack of fucking paper anymore. I am not owned by like the balances or like, you know, I know exactly well, how much no interest surprises. I pay each month. You know what's in there. I know what's in there. I know what it is. And I also know it's not going to kill me and that the only thing it's going to do is empower me to make, you know, wise decisions about it. And so, yeah. So I won't talk about exactly where I'm at now because that's the final question. But like basically the things that I did was I started to do the things we do when we're drinking, right? Which admit we have a problem, you know, rethink how we like rethink our relationship with it. Start looking at the really ugly stuff that we keep on running from, you know, like like change our like our mindset about it, like slowly make these shifts and like really look at the beauty and the positivity that comes out of it. I mean, also, I just like for the most part, like not for the most part, for the 100 percent part. I love money and I'm not like I also changed my whole shame game around that like thinking that it was a bad thing to have money like I use my money wisely I use like are you kidding me I make money so that I can go and do things that I find to be incredibly important like I make money doing things that are far more important than what you know like an investment banker or any of this other shit I told myself I had to be like I was like, yes. I'm servicing the world with my work now and I'm not like embarrassed of making money or saying that I love having money or saying that I love like the life like money affords, you know, like I, I am part of a, I am part of an energy pattern and like money flows to me and I throw money back out there. It also enables me to like live this life that makes me happy and then helps me spread happiness. And so I don't think like I've posted about this before and like I always get the thing like, like there's people that want to just say like, um, you know, like that, that want to say, you're sick. You can't love money. That's fucked. You know what I mean? Like people really love to hate people that say they love money and that money is a good thing. Um, and that we, oh, yeah. need, that we need money. And I'm like, then that's, that's just raising money up on a pedestal. Like I am, it's just a different pedestal. You, like you're, you're actually giving it more value than I'm giving it. You know, like for me, right, what I right. really think in the end, it's just like any, Thing else there's enough to go around it's just we've told ourselves there isn't and it's one of these things like it's like what meadow said like when you take a breath of air do you feel like you're robbing somebody else of a breath <laughs> like of breathing no right. because there's enough air to go around there's also enough money to go around but we have told ourselves these really fucked up stories about it and so like i am like so not ashamed of saying that i think money is a good thing and that it's like it's one of these things that like we we just like it's just part of how we it's just an exchange it's just an exchange of energy it's just an exchange of value it's not like it's not this thing that like makes monsters you know like like (laughs) power makes monsters you know um injustice makes monsters um you know like like but money doesn't make monsters it's what we think that money is that makes people monsters about it so totally well and we'll talk about too like how books and people and all that that have helped us because i know that's a big part of it like you didn't you you didn't go stumbling into this you know like you are a student of it just like you've been a student of everything else yes so anyway um how has it shifted like how has it shifted for you in um yeah i would it's it's similar um i would say no take your time explaining it like no i will i i will um so okay when I just think of, I'm laughing in my mind because I'm thinking of that. Remember that post that I wrote about money, like 
a couple years ago. It was like the last thing I want to talk about or something. And it was after I had been taken, like Alma and I had ridden in the back of a cop car. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, because I remember well, I remember the story, but I don't remember. I remember that story. Like, uh, like you got pulled over sober because your registration was... Right? Yeah, my my registration, my license had expired and my registration, I think my registration was fine, but my inspection was way late. And I, I don't remember, the, there's the trifecta, right? Your registration, your inspection and your license. And I never had the three of those like current at the same time. And after I got my DUI, I was like, I, I owed, oh, what it was is I owed a thousands of dollars in tickets like parking tickets <laughs> and this is a very this is so oh. money related because it's really just taking care of your shit I owed all this money in parking tickets and I didn't think I had enough to pay for that and in order to renew my registration I had to pay that first so I drove around without my car being registered and then I drove around and then my license expired also. And there was a whole thing with my license with my getting my DUI. And I just never like took care of actually getting it valid. And it's just the same old story, you know, um, never quite catching up, dealing head on with my shit, thinking that someone else is going to handle it or it's just going to go away somehow. And where that culminated was um, there was a cop that, pulled me over once and kind of gave me a warning. And because I don't think that the laws or the rules apply to me and I had to get groceries, I leave like a week later and this, no, there's, that's probably him driving by. And the same (laughs) cop who pulls me over in um, like the Whole Foods parking lot. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, what is wrong with you? And he, puts me and Alma in the back of the car and like takes me home and I have to go deal and my car gets towed and I have to go deal with it. So Mm. it finally gets me to, and you know, Alma's like, thinks it's kind of fun. She's like, what's going on? Are you in trouble? I was like, I, not really, but yes, you know, we're fine. Well, and, um, I mean, the only reason he didn't take me to jail is cause, cause I had her with me, but it's this, it's this, this is an important theme because it's like, I just, I was like, not, I couldn't look at my, I wouldn't, I always thought someone else was going to take care of it. Or I thought, um, like the rules didn't apply to me. Like I would just figure it out. And Mm -hmm. like, what do you, who cares? I'm not drinking anymore. Like who cares if I don't have (laughs) stupid paperwork done. Yeah. Like I don't, don't you know I've been sober? I haven't had drink for a year. Like I should get all the passes that are available. <laughs> so they don't care about that, actually. No. He, I still see him and now he doesn't have anything on me. But, you know, it's this, it's just a very consistent theme, which for me was, uh, yes, okay, first first story was same as yours, you know, first shift is not creating more chaos like that in and of itself just starts to um, provide some relief and also some real like you're not, it's less frenetic. It's less crazy. So I kind of know where my money's going, 
or like, you know, it's like after, like, it stops being a storm all the time. So I can actually like look at things and see where they are. And it's the, the scenery is still a disaster, but at least I can, I'm not making new storms. Um, and I can start to like face it. Then, then it was, okay, now we have to actually start to clean some things up and it, it for me it was very much I like I don't even know where to start so I'm not going to start and then it was like well, let's just do one little thing you know like let's um let's just like start to pay attention I mean I was still at my job so I, and I, I got promoted a couple times in sobriety so I was making really good money um but I started to, you know, maybe cut out some of the the things that that didn't make sense anymore. Like I wasn't like I, I stopped having all these crazy memberships or I wasn't I was like you. I would buy shit when I was when I was drunk. I wasn't doing that anymore. So there was like there was a little extra money just by virtue of the fact that I wasn't blowing at all. Right. Um, so that just inherently makes things a little bit more <laughs> manageable. And then, you know, but still, I didn't really, like, we had that conversation with Meadow, and that was the first time I sort of started to look at, at like, how I actually thought about money, like, what my money story was. Right. Um, but I didn't do much about it. You know, it was just kind of like, okay, file that. Like, yeah, I know it's something I'm going to have to continue to look at. But my core belief was still, this is too big for me, and I, and I just will never... I'll never be able to really get a hold of it. Like right. maybe I can stop bleeding out. Right. But I'll never, never gonna, get ahead. No, and I'll never like, I, I literally could not imagine like a day where I would be out of debt. I would buy a home or something. No, like right. even the way I got my cars was always this like sketchy, you know, I either got it because Ryan and I, um, bottom together or my dad helped me like it was never really on my own so for me it's been more of a like um, taking slowly taking more and more accountability for myself right for my for my financial reality right um I mean it's embarrassing to say but it's since we tell the truth here that you know I had always got a little bit of help from my dad for my car and it's, it's silly because it's like, there's a long story as to why, you know, I, why that was the case. And it hasn't always been, it's been for the past few years, but I, you know, I mean each month, each month it was like, you know, a little, it's truly not any big sum, but it was like, here's, here's some money to help. And it wasn't until this month that I was like, I don't need this anymore. I mean, I could take it because sure it helps and it really makes no difference to him. It's like a dinner for him. But I don't want to do this anymore. Well, you know? it's the energy like, around it, right? I don't want, and I and I don't like. I want to own my my own stuff. I want to own my life. Right is really what it is. Right, and that that's a huge that's a huge deal for me. Right, like it's a really really big shift. Well, because before um, you're willing to sell your life for I'm willing to be taken to care give, of to give power away all the t- all over the place. To, to quote unquote help be taken care of, you know? And there's a lot of, I mean, I had a therapist who was like, 
your dad should pay for your therapy. Like, why don't you just ask him? I was what? like, yeah. Why? And, and, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. It, I don't rely like officially now. I don't rely on anyone else for my financial situation. I mean, of course I do. We're all dependent on each other, but I don't have money coming from anywhere else. And that feels so good. It doesn't feel scary. It's actually like, I remember reading in one of Byron Katie's books where she's like, you know, your happiness is actually a hundred percent dependent on you. And that's really good news. It, It may sound like bad news, but it's really good news. And I was like, fuck you. Like, that's (laughs) like, fuck you, Byron Katie. But slowly, um, I could see that in every other area of my life. Like, I can see it as it relates to relationships. I could see it as relates to almost anything. But money was one of those things that I was really not clean on, you know? And I feel like now it's like, uh, because I didn't think I could do it. Well, because we're also told that we can't like I like last night, I read this article on I don't know, something about this 70 something year old man that was going around to beaches that's been banned from beaches in Florida because he was going around with business cards that said sugar daddy looking for a sugar baby. And he had mm-hmm. one of those cards out to he it was a picture of an old man with a young girl sitting on his lap. And then Ugh. he accidentally handed it out to a 16 year old. And it's and it like interviews him. And he said, I didn't know she was 16 because she had a bus size of somebody that looked much older than her and uh, much older oh than God. 16. And I was just thinking and they and he's been banned like he's actually been banned for traffic, like for soliciting. Right. But then I'm like stepping back and I was like, but there are degrees of that, small degrees of that that are acceptable. Like he's only a few degrees away from what we from what we do. He's only a few. Like this man, he's literally just one. He's just one fine line or one one small bit over the line like that we have actually allowed. And and so much of this is because we believe like we have told ourselves stories that men are providers and women are, you know, like, like that we need to be taken care of. We've been fed this and fed this and fed this and fed this because this is our history. This is what we have been sold on for, for a couple thousand years. And so I think it's it's not on the, it's not, it's, it's what was true. I mean, it is, it is. Well, it's not, I mean, it's, it's what, how it's been, but I'm just saying it's also, it's how it has been, but it's also the line that we've been fed, right? It's the thing oh, that we like, sure. that we, it's part of the deal that we make, right? Like that we, it's part of what we believe. It's, it's ingrained in us to believe that we actually like can't do this on our own. It's what oh, I dude, think. I mean, <sighs> I just, you just reminded me when I had Alma, my dad said to me, well, you're not going to work anymore. Like you don't need to do that. Like you're, your husband should should take care of you like that's the deal and i did i was working for him at the time and so essentially he was firing me and i didn't even blink it was like oh yeah okay yeah well and there's i mean but it's just like it is this thing that we kind of very quickly and easily give ourselves over and and it's a really hard thing like and then when you come to the other side of it which is what you just said which is like it's 100 percent dependent like for me that's been the biggest shift 
It's this is me. It's all me. There's no one else. It's me, me, me at the end of the day that has got to take care of me. And that doesn't mean like I don't need community or help or any of that shit. But I'm just saying at the end of the day, I cannot look outside of myself to somebody else to fix this, to take care of it. It's no one else's responsibility. And so it's like I think there is so much like – like as a woman, especially as a woman, especially there's so much that works against us making it to that leap that tells us that we, you know, like don't have to or we shouldn't or like, you know, but like it's just it's um it's a it's a it's a far leap, not just because it's money. It's a far leap because of what it represents. Historically. Oh, totally. It's it's all the same thing. I mean, this is my this is my deal from the beginning, you know, with everything is I don't, I'm not responsible for it all. You know, I, I, I'm not going to take accountability for it all. And there's a million reasons for that. But yeah, a big one is, um, someone's going to fix me, especially specifically a man's a man. going to fix it. A guy's going to come along and fix it. That's what I, that's what I was sold. That's what I believed. Um, even though I wouldn't really tell you that I did believe it. And yeah, I would say, and the ironic fucking thing is I've always made money. I've always, I've always done, and more than my partners, I've always like kind of been the breadwinner, but I've never, but it's never like, I've never kept it. You know what I mean? It's like that easy come easy go thing. It was like, whoosh, in it goes, out it goes. Like I had no um, respect for my money. And you also never owned it, you know? Like, I think, like, no. something that's really interesting when it comes to me in dating at this point is I don't, like, when I look at somebody as a potential whatever, I'm not looking at him as a financial creature anymore. I'm looking, mm-hmm. I'm not looking at that part of it. I mean, like, yes, there are turnoffs and turn-ons, like, based on what somebody does with their brain and their life and their work. But at the same time, I'm just not looking, I've, like, actually, that part of me is just, like, I'm I'm going I know what I'm going to do and what I'm going to do is independent of whatever right. my partner does. Um totally. There's my there like I will always and I know for a fact I will always have my own assets. I will always have my own stuff. Um yep. I'm just not like I'm not interested in a commingling thing. I really really want the whole like Diego and Frida setup where potentially there's a house like two houses with a with a bridge. Oh, I think it's the best idea. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> do. I'm not even getting. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's it's been this gradual um, as I take more ownership of my life in all the ways money has is one of the it's kind of like the last thing to come along. Um, but because it's all connected, it's like I I did also have these shifts like I mean, I, I kind of skipped past a major part, but I I quit my job too and left, you know, a a very lucrative job to make, I didn't even know how much or how little, um, (laughs) little. And I, and I have a kid. So there, there is that. And, um, and I I guess, you know, this is where it serves me the whole thing that we've been talking about, like this, this sort of naive optimism that you're going to, it's going to work out and you're going to be okay. Served me, has served me in this way. Um, and at the same time I have been taken care of by myself. And because I, I started to believe 
in a benevolent universe, even when it comes to money, I started to trust that I would be, that money would come. Um, I started to pay a lot more attention to how I was treating my money too. Like I look at my account every single day. I watch it. I take care of it. I pay attention. Like, like you said, like I would a relationship. (laughs) I actually pay attention to it. It's amazing. What happens when you pay attention to something, something or someone it, it, like stays alive and it sometimes grows and it has a heartbeat and it's a it's a breathing living thing and I get excited about it I get excited about making money I get excited about giving money away I've always been super generous too like I'm I love helping and giving money away and you know all of those things and I I get excited about the idea of doing that mm-hmm. like I get really excited about the idea that I will be able to potentially take care of my parents or my brother or if the, if he ever needs it, you know, or whatever. Like I get really excited by the idea that I could, I could be that person to help out. I know. Um, I never thought I would be that person. I know. And it's not, you know, it's not where I am, but it kind of is where I am because I know I'll get there. Um, like, I'm, I mean, it's not the reality today. If my brother called and was like, I need, you know, I need a hundred thousand dollars to do whatever. I, I don't have that available to him, but I, I have the faith that I'll get there. And so it's this sort of mindset uh, that is, that has really shifted. And I think it's a hundred percent due to like this idea of taking accountability. <laughs> Carolyn Knapp, wrote in drinking a love story she says something along the lines of like i thought growing up was just something you did as a result of like getting older yeah like you just you're gonna grow up and it's so not the case you know it's an actual deliberate effort to take accountability for yourself yeah that's so well put yeah so yeah it's a it's super evolving and real time right now like Like I took that step with my dad just last week where I was like, yeah, you don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, he's like, are you sure? I mean, it's just, you know, (laughs) it's another fancy dinner or something that I don't need. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's more than that to me. So, yeah. And he was like, good, that's good. You know, I figured I'm, I'm going to turn 40. Maybe it's time. Oh my God, that's right. Your birthday is in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's end to the final question of what it's like today. And then let's then let's talk about the best resources that we used. Um, yeah. So since you were just talking, will you explain what is it like today? Okay. Well, so the money, the, the ways that I think about money, I, I feel the way that you do, or I think the way that you do, and I say the same thing that you do, which is Money comes to me. I love money and it comes to me easily. <laughs> I love money mm-hmm. and it comes to me easily. I actually pay my bills when I get them. And this is super recent, you guys. This is like last three, four months because I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of work with Meadow. I've done a lot of more reading and, and all of that. Um, so it's not, this is like, you know, I'm almost three years sober and I'm really starting to feel some kind of power around this. I... I don't know, like if I, the, the, the monetary, the numbers reality is like, I don't really know how I'm going to survive in six months, but 
I have built enough of, of a business and I have enough faith in myself that I know I'll be okay and then I'll be more than okay. Um, and all the, this hard work that I have put in, like I know it's it's not for nothing. You know, it, it, it will come back to me both in money and other ways. Um, and, and I feel that way all the time. My prayer that I say every morning is um, tell me where to go, tell me what to do, tell me what to say and to whom. And that includes money. Like money is a deliberate part of that question, you know. Um, I guess I would just say today I feel it's more like I am not hiding from any piece of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I look at it. I look at I know exactly what my bills are. I know exactly how many accounts I have open. I know exactly where my money is going. I know how much I have in my account within you know a couple hundred dollars. I know who I owe. I I feel I have a lot of debt still, like a lot of debt. And one of the things I learned from Meadow was like saying if you if you get frustrated or pissed off about paying it, it's like I keep my promises. Mm-hmm. So every time I pay pay some of that off, it's like I keep my promises. Mm-hmm. And that feels really good to me. Like that feels really good. Um I know some of the debt I'm going to get to pay off sooner than I than I thought. And I have, I started to create, as silly as it is, it was really helpful for me. I started to create like this book around sort of dreams and things that I want. Like I really want a home in the next few years. I really want um, even a, just a different car because the car I have is really wrapped into my drinking story. And I don't want to carry that around anymore. Um so I started to be like more intentional about it and just aware. Um, and that's what it feels like today. I look, I look forward to thinking about it and that's fucking yeah. crazy. I know. Like, it used to be just this like, Oh God, I'm not going to look there. there. I'll look anywhere, but, but there. Not there. Yeah. And I, I'm like, no, let's look at this. Yeah. I want to look at you. Yeah. What are, you. what are you up to today? How do you feel today? <laughs> How do I feel about you? What's, what's our story today? Yeah. And that, just the, the, the um, result of keeping, you know, looking at it over yeah. and over again. Yeah. So, what about you? Well, I think, um, I mean, pretty similar. I um, I mean, I'm almost out of debt. I just have, I have one credit card left under my personal account and one credit card under my business account. And um, and I'm paying them down. Like I pay one down, like I put two grand a month on on the personal one. And I'm almost done. You know, and so, so awesome. I know. And I so for me, it's more like t- the way I am today. It's just I think it's it's a continuation of a, a thought pattern that started to evolve when I got sober, which was I can do anything I want to do. Like I can do anything that I put my mind to. And mm-hmm. money is no different. Like there is actually like the biggest shift for me has been like this is I'm supported and I can I can do whatever it is I dream to do, you know, and and for me, it's, you know, for me, that's, that's, you know, building a business and getting money that supports building that business. And for me, that's, you know, owning property. And for me, that's, you know, being able to take care of my mom, I want to buy my mom a house on the coast. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's not like my I mean, I don't 
like I don't want mansions and car, you know, like I don't have this really no. like excessive material need. Um, I, but I do have like really beautiful visions of, of, of being able to do things that I thought were like, that I never thought were for me. I mean, that's like the biggest change is I thought yeah. things were no, like this, a certain life was never like the same when I like a sober life is not for me. A life where I respect myself with men is not for me. A life where, totally. you know, like we, we kind of tell ourselves these stories and then we realize by changing just one of those stories that we can change so many different stories and so I had this it's this this moment like where in and I've written about this um a couple of times that I just a couple of months ago I'm driving I'm in my like this car that I loved like every time and like not only that like there's a there's a practice that I have where I appreciate everything I have right now. Like I appreciate every penny I have, every, like every grace I have. I think I am thankful for it. And I also am thankful for the things that are yet to come. Meaning I say like, thank you universe for my perfect partner. And thank you for all that it takes for us to come together. Like, thank you that like, thank you for him. I know he's there. Like I like, thank you for bringing us together. He's perfect, you know, and thank you for um you know thank you for my house in rome like thank you for that beautiful home that like is in you know the the like centro storico and like like thank you you know like i just think i'm thankful for things that have yet to manifest um as if they already have and so and when i had when i bought that car when i bought that honda pilot i bought like my first car i i thought it would be impossible it was impossible to me like living in my like in as much debt as i was with as much credit card debt as I had with no you know major funds at the time I moved home I live with my mom before I moved to LA and we went to like we went and we test drove this really shitty like no offense girl but we we, sh- we test drove the shitty Ford Escape and I was like and it had you know it just was like it was like it was within my budget you know it was like 5,000 bucks um, yep. and um, and I and then I test drove and but I saw this huge white Honda Pilot and I was like <laughs> I want a white car because I'm a Kundalini like and I I, I I like white cars. I don't want a black Ford Escape. I want that big white. And I drove it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it drives like butter," and um, <laughs> and it had two hundred thousand miles on it. But I was like, "I want," and it was like twelve thousand dollars, and I was just like, "I want that car." Like I and and like and I and my mom was the one that was like, "Get that car. Like get that. Like get something that you can't afford. Like like grow. Mm, get something yeah. to grow into." And I and I got. I didn't believe I was going to be able to buy it, but I was just. But I did. And every time I saw that car, I was like, "Hi, baby." You are so beautiful. Thank you for coming into my life. You were the prettiest car. And it was just a stupid <laughs> shitty car. It's just a material thing, but it represented like a belief in myself. And it represented, it represented, you know, doing something that I hadn't done and didn't think was possible for me. I mean, I would look at people with cars and I'd be like, how do you own a car? How the Completely. fuck do you own Ugh. a car? And like, so I bought this car and it was so great. And then I'm driving and then things started to break on it because it had 200,000 miles on it. And I'm driving in LA to go meet, you know, a couple of friends for brunch. And I, and my radio goes out and I'm, it had a subwoofer, it had a great sound system. And I was just like, I like cannot drive a car that does not, I cannot, like, and I turned on my phone and was listening on my phone. It's like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do that. Like, I am not going back. And so I was just like, we at lunch, I was like, I think I'm going to go buy a car today. I think I texted it to you too. And then, 
And then I went to, and they were like, what kind of car are you going to buy? And I was like, I don't know. I hadn't even thought about it. And I was like, but I've always wanted an Audi. I mean, I used to, when I was in, when I worked at Deloitte, I would spend my like, you know, time on my computer sometimes building an Audi on their like, oh, website. I know. So and then I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go buy an Audi today. And then like, I, before I even realized what I was doing, I just, ro- I looked up on my map. I found an Audi dealership near my home. I rolled in and I was like, yeah, I want to buy a car. And I was like, they were like, what kind of car? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, um, you know, either like a, a Ford or a sedan or maybe an SUV. Like, like, let's look at it. And like, we started to look. And then I just got my, like, I fixated on a car. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that one. And then I bought the fucking, <laughs> like, and then like, and not only that, I wasn't worried as they ran my credit. I wasn't worried yeah. as they ran my card to like, you know, for the $7,000. You know, I wasn't worried as like, and I, and I drove away. I was like, and I left my Honda pilot there which was so sad i felt like i was like literally leaving a cat at the pound um but like but anyway the reason that this is such a big story for me and why it's so important is because it represents like it's just one more thing out of the way it's just one more limitation where i think i can't do something that i have now overcome i went in by myself i didn't have my mom i negotiated it down ten thousand fucking dollars you know like i was and i didn't flinch through any of this process i didn't walk in small i walked in large and it wasn't about like you know like having a really nice car which by the way is just fucking tits i mean like that car drives so fucking (laughs) nice it's so nice not even funny um but it's not even about that it's not like so i was explaining this like to recently in a lecture i did it's not about driving past my ex-boyfriend and being like oh what's up like in me and my Audi, you know, or like pull it. It is not about that. It's about this whole idea of being able to do something that we think is impossible. And that just then opens right. up the next level of what we can do. And thinking impossible. you deserve it. Like you. Yeah, you can you can do that if you want to. And also if realizing. Right. And also realizing that doing that is not taking away is not causing children to starve in Africa, right? Like, there's so much fucking, like, there's so much shit around this. Like, there's so much shit around this. Children are starving in Africa because how we have set up our world system. It's not because, you know, like, oh, you know, anyway. Some people are driving Audis and some Right, right. And so, anyways, it's just, like, believing in this, like, very, like you said, benevolent, abundant world, right? And, like, and not Mm -hmm. taking more than my fair share, you know, and not, like, trying to, like, not thinking that my self-worth is tied to what I accumulate or any of it. Like, it's not like that. It's actually more of a, like, an internal shift of of thinking I can do anything. And it's tied into believing I can change the addiction landscape. It's tied into believing right. I can influence good in this world. It's tied into believing, you know, like, I can be a CEO of a company. It's, you know, like, it's just, like, these leaps yep. that we make. My Like, it's like my, my friend, one of my good friends, Dude, you know, like left his job, has no like has no experience as a CEO, you know, just went out and did what I'm trying to do. And he did it faster than I did. And the only difference between him and I are that he 1000 percent believes in himself. And also he does that because he's been told his entire life that he can do anything. He's a white dude. That's right. You know, he's a he's a white handsome smart dude. He should expect that. He'd expect it. He walks in as if he expects to own the world like you meet him you talk to him that's how you that's what you get like he has nope. no he doesn't shake um and i am like and for me it's part it's coming to the realization that he and i are no different like that all that that stands between us is that he expects it he expects something entirely different than what i expect 
I expect yeah. no. I expect to be like I expect to to be told what's wrong with like, I, I expect to be told no. And so it just plays into this larger role. So the way I am with money today is that I like I I first of all am not obsessed with it. Um I don't yeah. think I'm not stupid enough to believe that it is why I'm here. I am not stupid enough to believe right. that I like accumulating anything or hoarding or having more than someone else means more self-worth. I don't think the way that I used to about it as in money equals power, though I do yeah. know money does enable us to do things, right? I do That's know right. it's part it's of the free- deal. It does give you freedom. It gives mm. you freedom, right? But it's not, but money is not freedom. It is no. part of, it is part of a pathway that I have found towards like, towards understanding freedom in my own life. If that makes any sense, it's a tool. It is part of the yeah. tool, part of the tools in my toolkit to 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 navigating this world in the way that I've, you know, like I feel like I've been called here to navigate it. And so anyway, so I feel like the way I am with it today is just I don't like I don't sweat it. I don't freak out about it. I really do believe in like an expansion. And like, you know, like there's this very simple thing that like this very simple idea the the universe is constantly expanding. All of us, Mm -hmm. all of us are constantly expanding, like all like everything wants to get bigger. And so it's part of part of that is just tying in, like tapping into an idea that 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 money is kind of part of that whole deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It makes me so happy for you. And like because I I mean, we've gone through this two together, you know? Yes. Well, when Meadow did that episode, right, both of us were like. Who like I, we didn't even want to talk about it. Like remember that? Like we couldn't. I couldn't yeah. even think of like I can think now. Oh, I can buy a house. I will buy a house. You know, like I can. I can easily. I can easily see that. You know, it, like it's going to take some time, but I can buy a house. Yeah. I but like when we had that conversation, we were like, like how we were like what? two little girls, like. <laughs> What? Uh, like I'm always gonna, like we were like we're always gonna be messes with money. We also used to think budgets. Like, do you live on a budget? I do not. No, neither do I. No, neither do I. I do not. No. I do not. So let's let's wrap it up and just talk about our teachers and and like my, why don't you give maybe you know your three or four favorites resources or teachers or books or whatever. Yeah. Well, I love following Gabby Bernstein stuff. Um, she was one of the first teachers that I had in this. You know, she was the, mm-hmm. where I got the first idea of expansion, support, abundance. She has like in, in her book, Miracles Now. One of the things I got was that's why I bought a nicer wallet, you know. So that's yeah. one – I just like I love following her like um you know I like people are really critical of her and I myself can be really critical of her um but I like have to be really clear I got from Gabby Bernstein like the right to believe in myself like she was the first one that really stood up and was like uh you get to be like you you get to believe in yourself in public like you get to do that and so um so she's like part of the expansion package Jen Sincero's (laughs) work 
is phenomenal. Like You Are a Badass is a very good like entry level. And then You Are a Badass with Money is like the most like leveled up book I think I've ever read in my entire life. Me too. It's so (laughs) fucking good. It's It's so so good. Um, And then I recently read Wallace Waddles. Um, Oh God, I can't remember what the name of it, but you'll find it Wallace Waddles um and his book is just like and and like I love Wallace Waddles book because hold on let me find the name of it actually because I think it is important it's a really like it seems to be a very like um hold on I I I wrote it down because you told me about it I haven't read that one but I want to it's so it takes like five minutes to read um the science of getting rich um, it's like, uh, but he basically, the whole book is about, is not about accumulating. What it's about is, um, is just believing that we are here to kind of form, like we are here to, we're not here to compete for what resources we see. Like we are not all here One, you know, we're not a pack of dogs fighting over one bone, which is what we right. are, what we are trained to believe. Totally. He believes like that you should be spending your time creating things out of an un, like out of out of thinking stuff like that thinking stuff creates physical stuff and that we're here to create more we're not here to fight over what exists and yeah. so and it it's like it just is exactly in line with what I believe about non money things and so he just kind of puts it into context um in a really beautiful way. Um, and so I think, like, I will say, like, I love Wallace Waddle's book. I love Jen Sincero's work. I really love Gabby Bernstein's, like, I love, you know, those three are, are probably the ones that, um, I would say have, the, have made the most impact, um, on me. And also recently I've gotten into the Hickses, um, and Abraham. Mm-hmm. So I like, um, mm-hmm. their work quite a bit. You? Yeah, I would say Jen Sincero's work I love. Um, I love Seth Godin's work. Um, he doesn't necessarily talk about money specifically. Like that's not what I would, I wouldn't think of him as a money guy, but for some reason his work gives me a lot of perspective and permission and, uh, yeah, perspective and permission around money. Mm-hmm. He just makes a lot of sense to me, especially for people who create things like, um, I don't know, I, his story, his work, especially this, this audio book that we'll put up a link to, but I've been listening to it, um, recently it's called, it's like one of his older ones and it's really good. Leap, leap first, creating work that matters. Mm. It's like mm. a talk. I mm. uh, love him. And he talks in that about how money is just a story. It's just a story, you know. Um, I, I love Meadow's work. Meadow does great work. And she um, she does a lot of good work. Because for me, she's been a big help for me. This is Meadow DeVore. Um, who she we had on the lot- podcast. Yeah, who we had and is also a good friend. Um, does a lot of work around like, the underlying stuff around Mm. what, you know, that helps you get at shifting your money story. Um, and she is, she's got a lot of work out there. And then as silly as it is, uh, cause I also wouldn't think of him as a money person. I love Wayne Dyer and I always go back to him and, um, 
his, again, like I wouldn't think of him as a money person, but he's kind of an everything person. And when I, and he, he was also a big believer in like law of attraction and Hicks and Mm. stuff like he talks brilliantly about that stuff. I mean, that's Gabby's, a lot of Gabby's work is the same as Wayne's, but she just made it more modern and for women, you know, Mm -hmm. like women like her. So Mm -hmm. those are my teachers. I, you know, what I, what I feel like is like, um, all of the work that wasn't about money becomes about money because it's all the same. It's all the same. Sobriety work is the same as money work is the same as relationship work is all energy. And and it's about raising your standard. It's about energy, what you attract, what you believe that you can attract and like standards. I mean, people really don't understand like how much are, are, how much are shitty stories about what we deserve? Like whenever somebody, whenever I post something and somebody like says, but, you know, whenever I post some like expansive positive mm-hmm. message and then I get, but that's not for me. Oh, that's easy for you to say. Oh, that must be nice. You know, whenever I get that message, I am always like, well, like, of course, like, hello. Well, of like, well, course. I'm not, I'm not going to reach you. Yeah. Like, of course, course like, of course you can't read what I'm saying because you are all you can hear is that this doesn't apply to you. Every single person like and, and I know privilege like we have I have to say privilege plays plays a huge role in this. Like the Absolutely. like a kid that is born born in an inner city who's in foster care at the age of five is not going to be able to access the same like the same things that I've been able to access privilege plays a huge role in this but everybody has access to like mind shifts around this stuff anybody that's able to listen to this podcast let's put it that way um you know has the ability to to pick up what we're laying down you know and so I think it's it's one of these things like for me like the biggest thing is like is the change in my belief system and realizing if I want to hold on to my victim story my not I'm not good enough my this is like but I'm different but like but this but that's not fair you have this what if I want to hold on to that shit then guess what I'm going to create more of that shit you know but if I want to like the, the biggest change for me has been holding on to an unbelievable story of 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 what is possible um belief is so important and that's the biggest thing that's changed for me just a belief system that's it just a belief system just a small one yeah no it's true it's it's completely true and it it, and that's not to say it's easy it's like the, the hardest thing but it's simple it's like um simple but not easy you know and it takes for me it's taking it's taken time and it will forever take time but this I I I do want to say is like one one thing that I just thought I would never feel differently about like I thought I was even if when I was reading about it or listening about it or any sort of small step I would take I just like this you're so full of shit Laura like this isn't gonna this will not change I can't even really put to words how doubtful I was like I know it was so it was such an impossibility for me and it's not you're not one of those people right like you always thought like you're not one of those people that can do right like I'll always be okay but I'll but like I really looked at people who like you know managed to buy a home or not that that's the holy grail but that they had some kind of an authority over their life in that way. Yeah. I just didn't Authors- see that. And I, authority but, is authorship, right? Like, yes. Exactly. Like I, like, I want to, like, literally looking at someone, like, 
a lot of my friends have like built their own homes or, you know, done like big renovations and just thinking how you actually, you thought of this and then you like <laughs> did, you hired, like, how does this happen? Uh, you know, like, it just blows my mind. Um, and now I'm starting to like, it's like, okay, if I wanted to do that, I'll figure out, I'll be able to and I'll figure out how to so, do it. Yeah. It's so beyond what I thought would yeah. ever be possible for me. So. Yeah. And I think that, and I agree. And I also, the other thing I have to say is I didn't go right out of sobriety. Like I have to be clear to you guys, like this took me, I still have a long way oh. to go, but this wasn't an intentional, this was like a bit like an, a bit of intention here, a bit of intention there, a bit of intention there. My holistic practice and approach supported it. But like I just read Jen Sincero's book and Wallace Waddle's book in the last since like I started in May diving even mm-hmm. deeper on money, like getting more clear around money and understand like revisiting my thoughts about it. And so it's one of those things that like I would not say like like you I think a lot of us will go in and be like I've got to you know like like you cannot um force your way through this thing like you actually have to like for me it's been a very slow and deliberate and also unintentional like and intentional <laughs> unintentional path. intentional I right. know yeah yeah and, it, and it's like it's like you can't lose 100 pounds in one day or you can't get sober and like you know it takes time has taken a long time yeah this is a good two and a half hour episode i think we might split it into two okay because i think it's a lot um but i love you love you too bye have a good day bye bye Infinitely so